who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to episode 97 of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and with me is eric sanchez how's it going buddy oh it's going great good uh this week's show we are going to take a fun look back at super brawl 2 and also Eric's back, so it's a reason to celebrate, which we'll get back into in a second. If you want to follow us guys on Twitter, we're at PPW Podcast, Positively Processing Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. For all the new listeners, really appreciate you guys. Maybe some people that have joined us with our special guests we've had over the few past few weeks, whether it's Jeff from Fully Posable or Brandon Hova or Ring mm-hmm. Skirts Nate or Lee from the Raw's Nitro Podcast. Really appreciate everyone jumping on. You've been busy, uh, huh? Yeah, it's, it, and what's funny is I've been doing, <laughs> I've counted all those as special episodes, Yeah. so I counted the episode with Jeff as a numbered episode, because it was a full episode, so we'll go for it. Okay. So this is 97, It's because your you know, regular co-host is back, so we're going to call it episode 97 of the PPW Podcast. So. Nice, I like it. Good. And if you want to support the show, you can go to whatamaneuver.net to pick up a t-shirt, uh, but also there's a lot of indie wrestlers that could use some support too, so go there, go to Pro Wrestling Tees. All that stuff. Um, I know a lot of podcasts have Patreon. Subscribe to them if you want. We'll never do a Patreon because we are not disciplined enough to do that. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever do that. No. But what do you, no, we're never going to do that. And could we give them their, their money's worth? Mm, it's free and we don't give them their money's <laughs> worth. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so, what's new wrestling-wise for you, Eric? Any fun wrestling you've been looking at? Did you buy anything? Just checking out stuff? Anything you watched besides the show today? Well, we haven't really done much uh, since the lockdown, so I've been watching a lot of WWE Network, Royal Rumbles. Um, we watched the Super Bowl, uh, Super Brawl. I uh, watched WrestleMania. You know, a lot of that stuff was hit or miss. Sure. I did get some figures last night. Uh, Ooh, what'd you get? I picked up the AJ Styles, the one where he almost looks like from the, the, from the Bullet Club gear, the plaque and the silver with okay. the shorter hair. Is he screaming? Uh, yeah, That's he's the one screaming. I had. That's the one I have. I think okay. that's the that's the best one. I think so too, because I, I just kind of liked his New Japan run, and when he left Impact, that's his look. Sure. And then I picked up the Nakamura uh, NXT Takeover, and I like that look too. Was that the NXT packaging one? Like yeah, NXT packaging with the uh, black pants and the red type of um, general top. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that uh, no, no, because his defi- what was it his defining moments one was one where he never even wore that gear in WWE. It was actually like a... Or it could be the NXT one. That could be like a New Japan gear. Yeah, that that's could why be I got it, because I, I was just watching that match, too. I'm like, God, this was such an awesome match. And I loved... I remember just Which loving one? AJ Styles. Um, the Wrestle Kingdom 10. Yep. And then I was I thinking love. about how WWE <laughs> just messed up that whole rivalry. And I'm like, man, that Wrestle Kingdom match was amazing. Just the build-up and everything, too. And it the, was. And, and they, like... And the big match, like, fight, feel, intro. although WrestleMania 34 had big, awesome entrances for him, too. So we'll give him that. Yeah. Like, 
WrestleMania 34, like the Nia Strauss or whatever, like rocking out with the guitar and he had the drum band and it was good. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was New Japan worthy, but. No, it wasn't. And also that match was super far into the show. So mm-hmm. it was kind of tough to live up to it. Right. Uh, the only thing I haven't really, I don't think I've gotten much. Um, I'm trying to think anything that's really come in lately. Easter? I, Wrestling Easter well, stuff? No, we just did stuff for the kids. No okay. real Easter stuff for the I mean, even the kids, they got tons of candy and Play-Doh and like little toys and stuff like that. So yeah. I got an Undertaker shirt. <laughs> did you? <laughs> for my girlfriend for Easter. What kind of Undertaker shirt? Like an it's old like school that, one? Or? No, it's kind of a newer one where it's like that, I don't know what they call it, like that um, denim wash, whatever type acid of Acid wash. Yeah, yeah, acid wash. With the under, uh, classic uh, Undertaker logo on the front. It's pretty cool. I like it. Okay. She's like, he probably likes this. This looks ugly. He likes wearing <laughs> ugly t-shirts. She does. Oh, yeah. I, I do, I guess. Well, that's nice. That's no, like, Do you have a good Easter in it other than that? Hang out with the family pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. all right. It was just all right. Yeah, I don't know. I did today kind of snipe an eBay a lot. So somebody had um, those old WWF Columbia House videos, like the Mailway catalog ones. Okay. Like a lot of them. And... There was like two hours left in the bids, and it, only, it was only like two bucks. And I'm like, this can't be right. So I kind of stayed on it, stayed on it, stayed on it, mm-hmm. and got it for, I think, 20 bucks for a lot of like 18 tapes. I'm like, Dang, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I wasn't even on the lookout for it. But, you know, when stuff comes up, you got to jump. Uh, now, what are those? They're not uh, Coliseum Video. No, they're Columbia House. and Like the 99 remember? cent, and you get six movies for a buck? Yeah, but then they signed you up for a subscription service. <laughs> right. Did you ever do that? Any CDs? I did, I did uh, that, and I did that. Uh, what was that other one from Terre Haute, Indiana? Terre Haute, you mean? Terre Haute. <laughs> I don't know which one you're talking about. There was two of them. Well, my buddy did it um, for CDs, and they just kept sending him notices that he owed him money. He just kept yeah. throwing them out. He's like, I just waited them out. They went out of business. I waited them out. Yeah, I eventually paid them, but it was like, I was too much of a sucker for it. Oh, yeah. BMG Music. Yeah. Yeah, BMG and then the Columbia House. Oh, man. I took advantage of every deal. It was like, oh, get 10 CDs for a dollar. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> and that's how I built up my CD collection that I eventually sold for 20 bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you didn't listen to our show with Ring Skirts, did you? I didn't, no. Uh, okay, so you'll have to check it out. It was a fun show. So we'll, we'll have to ask you this because this was debated. Mm-hmm. Nate brought it up. He goes, I don't know. I don't even know how we got on the topic of McDonald's, but yeah. he goes, I don't know when this happened. But when was it where McNuggets went from like a luxury item to now they're basically giving them away? Remember as a kid, like you were never allowed to get McNuggets. Like they're so expensive. Just get the burger. But now like you go there like, would you like to add 27 nuggets for a dollar? Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous for how much they're selling them for. I don't remember getting nuggets as a kid. Because they were too expensive. Maybe I just didn't know about it. My parents didn't didn't tell me it was an option. (laughs) Well, Nate told the story. He goes, I remember being, he's like, I was a kid who didn't like hamburgers. So we were at a birthday party at McDonald's, which was a thing that happened when we were kids. And he goes, and like, I'm sure the parents were like, oh, great. This kid wants McNuggets. My wallet's going to have to pay so much money. And then I told the story about how. When we were kids, we would get hamburgers. Mom's like, we're not paying the five cents for cheese. We got cheese at home. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, we got that too when I was younger. And then the drinks, the, don't get a drink because we got drinks no. at home. I'm like, but I, never, I don't like those drinks at home. <laughs> I would never get drinks. Like, oh, man, such like, a rip We off. don't have um, that orange high C I, at home. <laughs> that was, that such, was the best when I was a kid. Orange high C from McDonald's. Oh, man. 
Just ask, what kind of drink? Orange? You don't yeah. have to say, just orange. You have to yeah. ask. This has now become a McDonald's retrospective <laughs> podcast. But to be honest, I I like cheeseburgers, so I think that was always my option. <laughs> like, I want a cheeseburger happy meal. But your parents did the same thing, too? Like, we got cheese at home, put the cheese on at home? Um, Every now and then they would. Like, they okay. would just say, oh, we're going to get hamburgers because we got cheese at home. And same with the drinks. We're not going to get any drinks because we got drinks at home. I like it. All right, so... Let's get right into this week's show. Can, this I just, week, can I just cut you off for a second? So absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my girlfriend went to go get McDonald's, and her dad was going to make fries at home. So I, I text her. I'm like, get me McDonald's fries. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, but my dad's making fries. It's not like your dad's fries. <laughs> so, she, so she brought me fries home. So as I'm, I'm, as I'm pulling the fries out of the bag, her dad's like, oh, I'm making fries. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I could just see you. Oh, cool. And you shove one in your mouth. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that, I thought. <laughs> Today, I went to Arby's because I wanted curly fries. Yeah. And the lady was like, what size, small, medium, or large? And I said, I don't know, large, not knowing that the large curly fry like was the size, the size of my head. Yeah. I was like, I guess I'm eating all these. Yeah, it, it's hard to know the, those sizes because if you go to, I mean, I don't know now, but like when I would go to Burger King, like their large is different than the McDonald's large drink. So when I go to McDonald's, you get the large drink for a buck because they're all the same price or the, all the same price for the different sizes, $1. Yeah. So then when I go to Burger King and they, I haven't been there in six months, but they're like, do you want, you know, what size do you want at medium or large? And I was like, oh, a large. And I get like this big barrel. <laughs> that doesn't fit in your drink. cup holders. <laughs> no, it doesn't fit in the cup holders. So I'm sitting there driving between my legs. So I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> You're all pissed off. I should have got a medium. <laughs> and then some places where I remember it might've been like two years ago, a medium was a large so I go back there again thinking I don't want the super large. So I'm like, well, give me the medium thinking it's going to be a large and it's a small. I'm like, whatever. I can't win. I'm not a big fast food guy anyway. So I try to remember like how things are. Then That's they amazing. You're just, I can just see you getting more and more furious as you're driving <laughs> with your large drink. Oh, damn. I spilled on my pants. No, I haven't spilled on my pants. In a while. Right. All right. Super <laughs> Brawl 2. Uh, I've talked about this a, a lot on the show as this being a, the... One of the first WCW shows I remember watching as a kid because my dad took me to his buddy's house one random Saturday mm-hmm. to like hang out. And he's like, we're going to my friend's house to watch wrestling. And so he had the black box, the cheater cable box. And I was like, WWF's not on tonight. Like I remember thinking he was like lying or something. Right. And then we got there. My dad just wanted to like hang out with his friends and like drink beers and stuff. And like their kids were there too. So it was me and like two other boys I never met before. Mm-hmm. And I'm crisscross applesauce watching this whole damn show. Excited as, as hell. Right. And you've, have you ever seen the show before? Years ago. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, this overall initial thought, we'll get into the deep dives and all the other fun stuff. What was your, you were watching the show, you texted me about halfway through, but overall, what'd you think of this show? Um, Just a quick overview. Nothing like detail. We'll get into that. Overall, I'd give it like a C plus. I mean, <clears throat> What? I don't like that grade. You think it's higher? Oh, yeah. We'll get into why. Well, I mean, there's a lot of matches I really liked, and then a lot of it just brought it back down. Sure. Well, also, you don't have any nostalgia to this show like I do. This is like kind of no, burning no. cold a little bit. I mean, I have nostalgia for this time period, because I remember I was getting WCW magazines. I was uh, watching WCW Saturday night, and I just really liked WCW at this time as the alternative to WWF, because it was just more wrestling, you know? Yeah. So well, I'm like, I mean, okay, these are cool. Then I'm thinking of like their superstars against WWF superstars. I'm like, man, I'm having all this cross promotion. 
um, you know, fantasy matches in my head. And like, who's like level with who, like Ric Flair and Hogan are on the same Mm -hmm. level, like Sting and Ric Flair is not in WCW this time. He's in WWF. Okay. Well then this is kind of where I'm at because he he just kind of left there, right? Like a year before. Yeah. He left a year before. Yeah. Right. So this, this takes place. February 29th, 1992, mm-hmm. uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is now known as the Miller High Life Theater. Uh, but at the time, what was it called? I've got it here. Hold on. Mm, I don't have that. It's good. I just got the date. Yeah, it's... Damn it, this is driving me nuts. It was a cool venue. Uh, let's see. UW Milwaukee Panther Arena. No. That's what it's called now. I, well, I've got it listed as the Miller Highlight. We, we're, we're rusty here. We should have had this uh, stuff ready to go. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's what they're that's that's the name of the venue now. Yeah. Anyway, I like the it, I love the venue. <laughs> it's the Mecca. It was the Mecca. That's what it was. The Mecca okay, in Milwaukee. Yeah. Okay, the Mecca Sounds in Milwaukee. So, I, before the show started, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, why would I be allowed to go on a Sunday to a, to a pay per view like I had school the next day, especially in February? Mm-hmm. And I looked, I'm like, oh, it was Saturday. So Saturday pay-per-views were a thing that apparently I just don't remember. Even Monday pay-per-views, I don't remember that. I always thought yeah, they were Sundays, either. but looking back, they were wrong. The other big thing, cool thing about this show is this was a show that, for some reason, WCW VHS tapes weren't a thing, like at the video store. Yeah. But my video store had this. They had Super Brawl 2, Luger versus Sting on the cover. How much, how much later did it come out? The tape? Yeah. Pretty soon after, just like your standard time, like when everything else would. I don't know why, but my local video store got it. So I would rent it and watch it. It would be like a a change of pace for me. Yeah, it's a nice alternative. So the show starts off. um, The intro is the card rundown. Then there's a wide shot of the arena. And then we get our first look at Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff. Think You think they'd be the, the announcers of the show, but they're not. They're like the hosts of the show. And they run down the card again. Yeah. And they're in tuxedos. And another thing I liked about this is I loved WCW with the entrance trap that connects to the ring. I, st- I love that AEW does that on certain shows now. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I like the ramp too. What Crack I like about this, you got Jim Ross on commentary, right? And then Jesse Ventura comes well, out. Yeah, Jim Ross is in the ring. And then uh, Jesse comes out on a, mo- on a Harley motorcycle and this was his first appearance in WCW. Mm. Yeah, so that's exciting. His first match, or his first match, <laughs> his first commentary is going to be this uh, night at Super Brawl. So check this out. Did you notice this? Jesse Ventura tells Jim Ross that he would look like JR from the show Dallas, I guess, yeah. if he had a cowboy hat on. Yep. Look at Jesse Ventura giving him the idea to wear a cowboy hat, but apparently it was Vince McMahon's idea later on. Apparently. I think he called uh, that, him J.R. Ross later on in the show, too. I'm like, no, he did. he's J.R. <laughs> Jesse Ventura and WCW commentary. Like, I was a big... This was, like, kind of when I started watching WCW. Mm-hmm. And I remember being okay, being, like, happy Jesse was there. It was, like, a familiarity thing for me. Oh, yeah, because you had Jesse and Monsoon earlier before that. Yeah, That's so familiar. it felt... It felt nice. Mm-hmm. But looking back, Jesse was phoning it in every chance he got here. There's no reason he got fired. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I thought they not played off each other pretty well. Not necessarily this show, but if you watch future shows like Clash of the Champions and stuff, okay, and like Starcades in like ninety two, ninety three, Jesse yeah. is not. He's not that great of a commentator. You know what uh, my favorite part of this beginning is? What's that? Missy Hyatt backstage. 
Oh, baby. On, on assignment for backstage interviews. So Missy Hyatt was a smoke show in 92. Oh, my God, yeah. She was like your girl next door blonde because WWF mm-hmm. didn't have like attractive, like sex appeal females. No. They did. It, was, it was Elizabeth and that was it. But she was like the gorgeous beauty queen. Yeah. She wasn't Missy Hyatt. No, not at all. Yeah, Missy I mean, Hyatt was- She big. was so like fun and bubbly and God, she was just amazing. I used to have her trading cards. I still do. They're somewhere in like a storage <laughs> bin somewhere in my house. So going to try to bust those out for everybody. Yeah. Uh, a little fun note here. The dark match, Big Josh, you love Big Josh, defeated Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> what in do you the, mean I love Big Josh? I don't know. It just seems like a guy you would like. Okay, let me look him up. Big Josh. Oh, yeah, I do like him. Yeah, he'd be DDP in the singles <laughs> match in 92, so. Oh, uh, the guy that would go on to become Dwight the Clown. Big Josh? Yeah. Okay. Matthew I thought you meant DDP. I was like, it never happened. Dwight the Clown and DDP. All right. Yeah, if you, first... want, if you want to look forward into how it would have happened at WWF. If, if DDP would have went there? Well, DDP did go there. He didn't turn to Dunk the Clown. He turned to stalking the Undertaker's wife. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> if their paths have crossed in. Can we get to the first match, time. which was freaking awesome? Of course you can. Brian Pillman versus Juice and Thunder Liger. Brian Pillman's in those Bengals trunks, which I loved. Yeah, me He's too. your baby face here. This is for the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship, which I didn't even know was a thing. I was, you, a, I was a big wrestling uh, wrestling fan, football fan too, so I just automatically just I, I associated him with Cincinnati Bengals because he's from Cincinnati wearing the Bengals tights, and I don't know. I just loved wrestling, and I loved how, and football and you know how he put the two together, and I, he was one of my favorites back then. Do you remember those like those like quarter machines? I mean, they're still around, but yeah. like, you put in, you get the little mini helmet. Yeah. My little mini football plastic. So did I. And I always got the damn Bengals helmet. <laughs> that and the Lions. It was, oh, I'm like, oh, man, the Lions. Yeah. And I remember those were cool because you had to put the stickers on and the little face mask on. It was like an oh, assembly yeah. project. Yeah, it's good you, stuff. Had, you had to make it perfect. Well, I had to make it perfect because I'm OCD. You did. If it was crooked, uh, I'm like, no, I had to get another one or try to pull it off and it'd rip. I also noticed on this show, I don't know if you noticed it, there was a ton of signs in the crowd, which was not common for 92. Yeah. I think I took notes on that later on, but yeah, there are a lot of signs out there. There is. All right. This Brian Pillman, Juice and Liger match, it starts off with like a bunch of high spots and people are just like, oh, fun, fun. But by the end of the match, people are on their edge of their seat. They're standing up. They're cheering. They're going for the false finishes. It seemed like these people didn't even know what they were like watching. And like, no, it was was like watching from like 2010. And this match still holds up now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this is, this is one of my favorite matches from that time period. Insanely competitive match. Like, this is one I, it's, it's not really underrated, or I'm sorry, under the radar, because a lot of people know about it now. Okay. But it's still, like, go out of your, this is something, we say a lot, go out of your way to watch stuff, but specifically, <laughs> this is definitely one to go out of your way to watch. It's, yeah. It doesn't stop. Like, it's a nonstop match. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, so, like, Pillman Liger is just, like, a killer match, a lot of fast-paced action. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember having this many false finishes. I counted them, and there was nine or ten false finishes, which I mm-hmm. thought was rare. But it just made everything so exciting to win. You know, someone finally got somebody pinned. I forgot who won the match. So I was also on the edge of my seat watching this. Yeah, Pillman won him. He, he tied him up with his like his legs on his shoulders and turned him over, and then did like some back bridge to keep him pinned down. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. Uh, so awesome match again. Go out of the way to watch it. Like. 
this was blowing minds in 92, like I said. Go out of your yeah. way to watch this one. And then we our next segment, our girl Missy Hyatt's backstage with Terry Taylor. Ooh, baby. Poor man's million-dollar man. I put the dollar store million-dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the same page. <laughs> yes. So basically for you guys, I, I don't remember this at all. No. So Terry Taylor is literally dressed like the million-dollar man, but the same dollar colors. store- but the dollar store version of him. Yeah. Black tux, like, little gold accents. Even in his tights is like it, <laughs> black with a little gold lettering. Yeah. And he's, boots. he's, Terry Taylor's tried, had so many gimmicks to try to get him over the red rooster, yeah. whatever else this is. Like, Taylor made man. I don't even remember this. Uh, like this, I was like, what is, this? I didn't know it was Terry Taylor. Yeah. It was pretty it, sad. <laughs> he was getting paid though. Uh, he goes on to face Marcus Alexander Bagwell, a.k.a. Buff Bagwell. I always thought as a kid, Marcus Alexander Bagwell was Marcus Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> really? I did. Yeah, I really uh, like Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Did you like this match? Because it's, the, it's it, it was, terrible. It was, I just, I remember, no. <laughs> I didn't like it. You're trying to defend it because you're such a Bagwell fan. Well, I really liked Bagwell and I thought he did good in this match, but... My notes say is nothing exciting here, except I always did like watching Bagwell. <laughs> did you do? You, did you like Buff Bagwell? Oh, I love Buff, and he's the stuff. Yeah, I remember uh, my friend. We, we were big into the NWO stuff, and my friend he got one of like a big bu- uh, Buff Bagwell hat, and he would do the pose where he's like kind of skipping and putting his left arm in front of his yeah. right side, like, like doing that pose, and he yeah, yeah. and like throw the guns up. Oh yeah. <laughs> So he had the Buff Bagwell top hat? Yeah, he Like did. the fair hat he got at the carnival? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if he got it at the carnival, but yeah, it's a big, huge hat. Uh, also, this match has a, con- a ring announcer contest winner. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are we going to skip over that? <laughs> no, 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 no. So Barry Abram is here, and basically they had a contest where a f- people could submit. I don't know what they submitted. But they picked this kid to announce yeah, it, the match. Yeah, it was a contest to be a ring announcer at Super Brawl 2. And it looks like he showed up in shorts and a t-shirt and they put a tuxedo vest on, or a tuxedo <laughs> shirt on him or a jacket on him. That's all right. He's from Syracuse. How'd you think he did? <clears throat> I mean, he did as, as, as good as we would. All right, let's hear you announce this match. Let's hear you announce uh, Marcus Bagwell coming down. So I'll, I'll, I'll prep you up. So Marcus Bagwell is from Woodstock, Georgia. All right. And... Terry Taylor is, or, or whatever his name is, the Taylor Man. <laughs> the Taylor Made Man is from Vero Beach, Florida. He weighs two hundred twenty-four pounds. Oh, I got to take notes. This is not okay. information. All right, all right. See, I'll, I'm already I'll, nervous. This Barry Abrams already did a better job than I would. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say coming to the main stage, but that's a that's my, uh, that's, that's a, my gimmick at the at the strip club. All right, so you ready to write this down? Oh my goodness. So, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, he is from Woodstock, Georgia, or, or Marietta, Georgia, whichever one you want to pick, and he weighs okay. in at uh, 247 pounds, <laughs> okay. and he's taking on the Taylor from Vero Beach, Florida, weighing 224 pounds, the Taylor Made Man. To be fair, and then the next match, and you did this one, I will announce the next two guys. How much does uh, Taylor Made Man weigh? The Taylor Made Man, he weighs uh, 224 pounds. Oh, wow. He's already got 20 pounds on Taylor Made. Okay, so go ahead. Start off. Eric is ready to announce. See if you could do better than, uh, what was his name here? Barry, Barry Abrams. Abrams. <laughs> Barry Abrams did better than me. He did. Okay, I mean, go we'll, ahead. We'll, we'll figure this out. 
Ladies and gentlemen, our next contest will be scheduled for one fall. Coming down the ramp from Marietta, Georgia, weighing in at 247 pounds, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Then he's got his music. He's coming down. Sure. And his opponent, weighing in at 224 pounds from Vero Beach, Florida, the Taylor Made Man. You know, that wasn't very good. I th- I'm going to pick Barry Abrams over you. Okay. Okay. Good job, Barry. Okay. So, again, this match isn't much. I think the idea was to get Mar- to get Bagwell over. Did and- he come down with somebody? Bagwell? No. I don't know. Taylor Made Man? No, he did. <laughs> he didn't even have a Virgil. He well, just- I, I always remember him being in the, um, the York Foundation. Okay. Yeah, he, with, he was who was with, Terry Runnels? Yeah, Alexandra York. So never mind. I just watched enough of old stuff, and you I been, just saw him come down with uh, Alexandra York in her secretary yeah, so, outfit, taking notes. <laughs> taking notes. Go ahead and watch this match just to see the tailor-made man, and you you will know exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. when we say dollar store, million dollar man. Right. Uh, we get we go backstage again. Bagwell wins with a roll up, I think, or like a small package. Mm-hmm. We go backstage, and Harley Race is back with Missy Hyatt. Harley Race is managing Lex Luger at the time, which I completely forgot about. Yeah, I did too. Harley but Race just talk- at the time. I I think this was a good matchup with Race being Luger's uh, mouthpiece. Yeah, it made him a little more hateable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our next match is which I was excited to see. When it came on, uh, Ron Simmons versus Cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I will I'll announce this match here. I'll just go back and forth. Introducing first from Warner Robins, Georgia, weighing two hundred and seventy-five pounds, Ron Simmons, and then the music happens. And next up, and his and his opponent. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, man. Barry Abrams has had a tough. We're giving him shit. And right. He did way better than us. From Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, weighing in at 287 pounds, Cactus Jack. Like that? <sighs> like the Jack. I, I think I like the Jack. It's going to be my thing now. All right. Every time you say okay. Jack. Okay. So this match, I think, would have been a lot better if they gave it more time. And it was only six and a half minutes. On paper, it seems like it was really would be really good. What'd you think of this one? Um, it was all right. I didn't like they, I don't they know. didn't get going. It seemed no. like I, I, I needed to know like what the buildup was, just and and just more, I guess, ferocity with this. I don't know because mm-hmm. to me, cactus. I mean, there's both like just badasses, and I I just wanted to see that. Yeah, this was there was a really cool spot though where cactus gets caught in the ropes, like his neck around the top ropes. And as a kid, I never, I never saw that. You only saw Andre's arms getting. You never saw someone's mm-hmm. neck around the top two ropes. That was a cool spot. But Ron, Ron Simmons gets the win here. Six and a half minutes. <laughs> the way that Ron Simmons gets him out, he looks like he's pissed at Jack for doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just like pummels him out of the ropes. I'm like, geez, guy, take it easy. <laughs> Come on, Cactus, we got to get to the bar here. But We're J- in the Mecca. JR did a good job of making it look and sound like really dangerous like it wasn't supposed to happen but uh-huh. i've seen him do that uh, quite a few times anyway but i think he lost it here one time doing that so they could have taken about six minutes off this next match which is van hammer and the z-man versus richard morton and Vinny vegas but 
like I didn't even this had no feud build up or anything. It was just a match and it was what, twelve minutes. What did you think of uh, them showing JYD in the audience? The that was match? weird too. Yeah, so Jim Cornette jogs the audience. They don't even mention him. He's just there. Yeah. Like that was weird too. WCW that, just that, to, that crowd was like all behind JYD. As you should be. Yeah. Abdullah Butcher comes out like it was it was a pretty good ending. Yeah. But everything well, before this, that was just all right. Yeah, Van Hammer and the Z-Man beat Richard Morton, Rick, and Vinny Vegas. Vinny Vegas, of course, mm-hmm. is Kevin Nash. Uh, I don't remember the Vinny Vegas character at all. I do remember no. Oz, but don't remember. No, I don't remember okay. Vinny Vegas. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. I remember the Diamond Stud. I mean, I, I really did watch WCW like in the early 90s. Were you like a Vinny Vegas mark? Like, oh, this this guy's the next big thing. Um, No, I just kind of thought that he was a big guy not really fast or anything but he was all right i remember like the snake eyes was because he was from vegas and he would like throw somebody up in the air and bounce their head off the turnbuckle and you know i, I was kind of knew the gimmick but i think looking at like the rundown of the show so far we're already an hour in so maybe this was kind of like a popcorn match yeah but you got to keep in mind too the next few matches are all long matches mm-hmm the next match is Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus Steve Austin and Larry Zabisco with Medusa. Yeah, just, Before, just let me just go back to the the Van Hammer match. So oh, I, as I was watching, please, this, <laughs> you get you get Van Hammer and you get uh, Vinny Vegas, like the two big bastards in there. Yeah. So at one point, Van Hammer is just I don't. I liked his character. I didn't like how he wrestled though. But he messes up on an Irish whip. Uh, the WWE Network. It's fifty six minutes and twenty seconds. So Vinny Vegas is supposed to do like a leapfrog over mm-hmm. him coming off the ropes and they both jump up because <laughs> Van Hammer's an idiot. So they stand and try to get back on track with like an arm bar and they're just stalling and an arm ringer. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So they uh-huh. separate and then like 30 seconds later, Van Hammer's just standing there looking at Vinny Vegas and he just says, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know what's his name hits him and i'm like this is terrible oh man i i love it i love bad wrestling so what's the what's the uh, minute marker on that again for um, to watch it? 56 minutes and 20 seconds okay i'm and glad then, you brought that up because i was half watching that match it was so bad and at 56 53 that's where uh hammer says hit me <laughs> he just <laughs> stares right at him and like hit me because <laughs> he doesn't know what to do oh that's amazing uh, anyway, this Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes match. So before it, they show kind of a lot of, they do show a lot of backstory of this match, which is good because mm-hmm. it gave me some context. And they show Larry Zabisco slamming the car door in Barry Windham's arm in Halloween Havoc. And you hear his arm like crunch, like, oh my God. And, yeah. Eric, and Eric Bischoff's talking about it. He goes, I still can't get the, the sound of the bones cracking out of my head. And Zabisco comes out as the, the cruncher. Yes, yes, he does. Which I think is a pretty fun name. And they call him it the entire time of the match, too. He's like, oh, Larry Zabisco. This match is 18 minutes. It's a little slow paced, uh, but if you're you're a fan of like old school Mm -hmm. NWA style, this is totally what it is. Barry and Dustin versus Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco. And like, look at like the names in this, looking back at it, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco, Living Legend, Medusa, Lundra Blaze, you know, yeah. Gold Dust, and then there's Barry Windham, but, <laughs> which I was never a fan of, but everyone else, if you're a fan of old school wrestling, particularly that NWA style, go back and watch this one. Oh yeah. Overall, I thought the workers, you know, they were pretty good in my opinion, and Dustin obviously got a lot better, but it was a good match. I mean, for as a grudge match, I think it had to go kind of long. 
Mm-hmm. And again, these these matches were they were set up differently than the WWF style we were used to, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially people that grew up with that WWF style, these ones were just different, and that's why it looked real. Like they worked more of a real style, whereas WWF was more flashy and entertainment. Right. This is like a real style. After this match, uh, by the way, the good guys win. Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes do get the win over Austin and Zabisco. Yeah. We go backstage, and Missy Hyde's trying to get an interview with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. However, there's a guy in a ninja costume <laughs> blocking the door, which seems strange. So Missy eventually gets the door open, and Ricky Steamboat's on the floor with his legs crossed. What do you, what do you with, mean like, it's strange? Fire. Ricky what? Steamboat's a dragon. Obviously, he's going to have a ninja protecting him. <laughs> right? When I say ninja, think of... We like, remember we were kids, like, and you like had like ninja. the costume. The Halloween yeah, like costume, Ninja Guy Dan Ninja, like all black, hooded, no face. This is definitely like the Halloween costume your your mom bought you at the grocery store costume. Mm-hmm. But when she gets the door open, Ricky Steamboat's playing with like a with fire, like he's a magic a, kid. He's having a seance. He's I don't sit, understand. He's sitting crisscross applesauce style, sitting in front of a bunch of candles. <laughs> <laughs> but then he flames shoot up in the air. That's so a, that's his, a seance. That's the presence of a demon. Was his gimmick that he was a pyromaniac? <laughs> yeah, didn't he blow blow fire? He did for a year in WWF when he came back as the dragon. <laughs> well, maybe this so, was his dragon then, playing well, with maybe, fire. Backstage. He's probably like, I got to get the hell out of this WWF. I'm not doing this. This first one of his first shows back, they just throw him in front of a fire pit in front of the. Oh, this this is ridiculous. What are the, what it. are those flame things that uh, Sergeant Slaughter threw in Hogan's face? The fireball, the the fireball. Yeah, maybe like, he just did that back there. <laughs> he just maybe he just loves Practicing. fire. I think he's just a pyromaniac. He yeah. just loves fire. Oh man! And then the all nin- right. Uh, uh, well, Missy's trying to get into the room, yeah. and the ninja yeah. keeps saying, "You go, you go." <laughs> totally like Medusa stereotypical like seventies Japanese guy. Yeah, and Medusa comes up, and she's trying to get in there too, and it's silly. She slaps him in the face and he chases her. I would have liked Missy. I would have let Missy get in. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Okay. Our now, next match. I got a note. So I said, now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the pay-per-view. We are. So this next match is probably my second favorite match in the card. Yeah. Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton, the champions, face mm-hmm. the Steiner brothers for the WCW World Tag Team Championship. What did you think of the Dangerous Alliance? I loved it. Me too. Like the dangerous, go for you know a little bit more than I do about the dangerous alliance. So, if people that don't know, kind of give a summary brief of what they were. I mean, the dangerous alliance was just a villainous stable. And yeah. at the time, I think it was on par or even better than, than like what the four horsemen had. Like, you had like top talent, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton's incredible worker, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Medusa, and it was all led by Polly Dangerously. Mm-hmm. And he was technically like the CEO of this business called the Dangerous Alliance. And it was just incredible. Like they were just all worked together. Ravishing Rick Rude was in it. And it's just like all your top guys that you think of back then. Like I'm just, I'm not, I'm going to exclude Bobby Eaton because I don't think anybody would put him on like an elite level like mm-hmm. I would. Um, but Arn Anderson for sure. Stone Cold Steve Austin for sure. Medusa, Rick Rude, and, and even um, Polly Dangerously is like, it's a huge stable that was just totally over. And Paulie had the cell phone, the, yeah. the giant brick the phone. The old school and, one. <laughs> yeah, the Zach Morris phone, as it's called now. 
this is a match where I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again for those who haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. My, when we were watching this pay-per-view at my friend's dad's house, my dad's friend's house. Yes, that's it. My dad's yeah. friend's house. Uh, this was this is pretty far into the pay-per-view, so I'm sure my dad and his buddies have had a couple beers already. And I didn't really know who a lot of these guys were. Like, I didn't know who the Steiners were. They weren't in WWF yet. I kind of recognized Arn Anderson from old WWF, like, Survivor Series tapes. But I didn't know who they were. And then my dad's friend was like, oh, that's the Steiners and that's the Brain Busters. It wasn't the Brain Busters. He was getting confused, Arn mm-hmm. Anderson and Tully being in WWF. So I go, oh, and I thought the Brain Busters were the Steiner brothers because I, th- I thought that was a cooler name. So I'm like, yeah. it makes sense that, like, the Brain Busters would be the good but guys. They're it's busting cooler brains out there. It's a, cool, it's a cooler name and all that. Mm-hmm. So I go to my friend's dad. I'm like, I bet you that the um, Brain Busters are going to win, thinking that I was picking the Steiners. He goes, okay. I'm like, I'll bet you a dollar. He goes, okay. So we'll get to how that gets kind of goofy <laughs> in a minute. But what do you think of this tag match? This this twenty minute awesome. Well, I, brawl. I like the beginning of it because it's the setup. I and mean, there has been a rivalry going into this because the Steiners lost their titles to uh, the Dangerous Alliance tag team. So the announcer starts it off and saying that the vice president of WCW, uh, K. Allen Fry, I think it was Kip Allen Fry, uh-huh. but he issued a ruling that Paul. E is barred from ringside. So Polly's throwing a fit. He's going out. He's like, no, no, no. And the fans are cheering. So as he's walking up, Medusa comes out to take his place to be, you know, at ringside. So I thought that was a, a good start to like, okay, well now we're going to be even, but are we really even? Cause we got Medusa out at ringside. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's awesome. It's Steiners were just super over back then. And, and just, like these, they're beating the hell out of each other. This match too. And there's yeah. false finishes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the ending gets kind of goofy because they end up, the Arn Anderson and Eaton end up winning by disc, by like a goofy disqualification, which is because what happens? Like the Steiners hit the ref or something like that? Yeah, Anderson, Arn Anderson threw um, like powder in Rick Steiner's eyes. So Rick Steiner's blind. He's looking for a fight. He accidentally grabs a referee and slams him and throws him out of the ring. Ventura is all like, that's a DQ. You're not supposed to put your hands on the ref and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Being the go. You know, awesome I was about to say gorilla. Answer. Come on, <laughs> Ross. You know what's Come you on. Oh, that's fake. J.R. Ross. <laughs> J.R. Ross. Where's your cowboy hat? Yeah. So the Steiners get the pin and they're holding up the titles and the crowd's going crazy. And they're like... Uh, the referees are like having a meeting and senior referee officials and all that kind of stuff. And they reverse the decision. Yeah. I, was, I was disappointed. Yeah. Um, okay. So that happens. Right? right. And I'm thinking that I lost the bet because the I thought lost, right. The Steiners lost, mm-hmm. but then I realized then they, then I, it comes like somewhere I get realized that, Oh no, the brain busters are the bad guys. So I'm like, hey, I picked the right ones. So I go to my dad's friend, I'm like, you owe me a dollar. And he just, he looks at me, I'll never get this. He goes, you yeah. don't need a, you don't need a dollar. So I never got my dollar. Oh, poor Steve. Poor Steve indeed. But like, that's the second match. You should go bring that up, way but next time you see him, say, hey, you still owe me a dollar. Him, him and my dad used to work together. My dad's retired now, so I don't see him anymore. Oh, you're but talking if I, about your dad's friend. Yeah, my dad would my dad didn't bet me. His oh, buddy did okay. it, whose house it was. I got you. Uh, so yeah, oh, go out your way to watch this one. Go, you know, goofy ending aside, that, that's like an A match. It's an A for sure. Yeah, I liked it. All right, next up we've got another really good match: Rick Rude versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the United States Championship with the Ninja in his corner. Whose corner? Steamboats. Yes, I know pronouns, pal. You gotta, you gotta. 
Oh, okay. Well, you just got done talking about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. <laughs> well, I well, I mean, he's done playing with fire, I guess, but sure. This is a match where it looks good on paper, and it's it's still good when you see it. Yeah, it had it had some slow points where I just I don't know. I kind of got bored with it, mm-hmm. but when they pick it back up, and you know, I like it. The reversals. Rick Rude does get the win. He does. And after the match, is it? In well, how the does he get room? the win? Rick Rude. Yeah. I don't have the note. What's the note? <laughs> well, the referee turns his back on Rick Rude. The ninja jumps up at the apron, pulls out, gonna, a, pulls out gonna, the uh, Zach Morris phone. Okay. Smashes yeah. it on Steamboat's head, and Rick Rude covers him for the pin. Yeah, Everybody's I was gonna, like, oh, that's uh, Polly dangerously. Uh-huh. I was going to get to Polly because backstage, Missy gets back there, and Polly's yeah. in the ninja costume with uh, no mask on. Like, ooh. You know, short little Polly dangerously, and I, I was legit surprised. Just walking in on the Dangerous Alliance, they're all celebrating. <laughs> Polly's standing there in his black, black cloak and his, you know, the hood over his head. And oh. they open the door. She's like, "Oh my God, Polly, he was the ninja." <laughs> and, and Jim Ross is like, "I knew it." <laughs> yeah, Jim Ross, he's the one that cracked the case, man. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, main event time. Mm-hmm. Sting. Faces Lex Luger for the yeah. WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Luger's got Harley Race in his corner. This match, I don't know why, but Sting and Lex didn't have any chemistry, it seemed. No, you don't think so? I mean, I, I don't know. That they like, talked about it a lot, <clears throat> like leading up to this match. And then mm-hmm. this is where I have the uh, signs where um, a fan prints out, like, remember those old dot matrix printers that would have the uh, little feeders on the side and the holes? Yeah, yeah. The paper. Well, he printed it out, and one of the signs says, uh, "Where's Luger?" Because apparently, he wasn't showing up, and I forgot what the backstory was, but I remember they kind of touched upon it when they were talking about this upcoming yeah. match. So the storyline with this is they were former best friends, mm-hmm. and then Luger turned on Sting, and mm. this was one where I was pumped as a kid to watch, and I remember yeah. being—I remember watching it a lot because I liked Lex Luger, I liked Sting. Uh-huh. I don't know. I did. They, when I rewatched this, it didn't have the same magic because I remember watching it as a kid. The, the think, beginning was was intense for about the first minute. Yeah, maybe they, they went just, too long. They probably did. It was a thirteen minute match, but Sting does get the win. So it's that was kind of surprising for me because I rewatched this for some reason. I thought like Sting won by DQ or something, but Sting does win the title. Yeah, he put, he gets uh, you know no controversy. He pins him. Mm-hmm. But what, the, there's a lot of different spots in here that I liked, like uh, the stinger splash in the corner. Like as I was watching Sting younger, nobody really like reeled or kind of recovered that quickly. But as soon as uh, uh, Sting hits a splash, Luger flies out with a huge clothesline, mm-hmm. and just cripples him, <laughs> knocks him to the floor. Later on, I liked how Sting put him in the in Luger's torture rack. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, but. Uh, you gotta yeah, bring he, back the torture kid, rack. He, We've talked about this. Bring back the torture rack. Somebody's gotta do it. That's a t shirt. Bring back the torture rack. <laughs> but I, I just liked the ending of this one where Sting just kind of overcomes all the power moves that Lex is hitting him with. And I put a note on here that I do like heel ninety two Luger. He's yeah. my favorite Luger of WCW. Well, he's gone pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um after this, and he goes to the well, not pretty quickly. I guess it's almost a year before he signs with the WWF. But be it's the uh, narcissist. He does narcissist. He debuts in the WBF yeah. before eventually turning to Made in the USA Luger and never winning the WWF title, which he should have. We talked about that before. Yeah, I wish he would have. 
Everybody does except for Vince McMahon, apparently. All right, so the show ends. We talked about it now for about 45 minutes. You're still giving it just a C? Yeah, I'm going to give Come it a on. C. But you've got two matches that are solid A's, maybe even an A-plus with Luke. With, uh, All right, well, let's talk Luke. about the matches that bring it down. Okay, that's that's fair. All right, so Alexander and Taylor made man. That, that's, that, that's a big fart. I'm not going to give that, it an F. Time out, time out, time out. That gets bonus points, one, for Dollar Store Million Dollar Man <laughs> and for Barry Abrams. We both tried announcing. He did way better than us. All right, so, that so, gets so I'll up, give it a D. Right. <laughs> okay. Cactus Jack and Ron Simmons, they tried. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't really like that match. Okay. The ending was better, but the match itself was whatever. Okay. Uh, Vinny Vegas, Van Hammer. Grudge match was, I give that a B. Everything else was an A. So everything's an A and you're giving it a C. No, I said everything else. So I'm talking like three other matches. Everything okay. else is like a D and a C. Let's go. I'll go to the Carter's. So, Big Josh versus DDP Dark Match. We're assume, we're, we're going to assume that was an I A+. I would plus. have rather seen that match than uh, <laughs> than Taylor Made and Bagwell. I I am still all about Taylor Made just because I completely forgot that was a thing and I got to see him dressed up all fancy. All right. So Pillman and Liger is an A. I'm going to give that, that an, that's a, an plus. a plus. A plus. A plus. Yeah. It's like in Christmas Story where the teacher's like A plus. And she plus, keeps going across plus, the, the boards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bagwell, I'll give. Hold, all right, I'm going to bump this up to a B minus. <laughs> look at you, because of Missy Hyatt. Because of like Missy it. Hyatt, little blonde like makes it. Missy Hyatt. Okay, so Marcus and Taylor again. That's a F match, but a D rating because of Terry Taylor. <laughs> Ron Simmons, Cactus Jack. We'll give it a C. Fan Hammer and Z Man versus Morton in Vegas. We'll give that a D minus. I think out of those four, I'd like I'd like Z Man a lot more than everybody else. Okay, so you're giving bonus points. I give him some bonus points. Okay. What I'm are you still banging? Sti- on, by the way, I keep hearing ba- stuff banging. Like, what's clicking? You rocking in your uh, chair over there? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus uh, Austin Larry Zabisco. This is a C plus. So we're not going down too far. Anderson and Bobby Eaton versus the Steiners. That's an A. Uh, Rude versus Steamboat's a B. And Sting versus Luger. You gave it a higher higher letter grade than I did. So we'll go with your grade. <laughs> <laughs> what what is your grade? I would give Sting and Luger like a C minus, but I think you liked it better than I did. I did. What would you give it? Sting I, and I'd give it a C. Okay. <laughs> I didn't like it any much more than you did. Okay, so I'm glad I got you to bump this grade up from a C to a B minus. Right. Extra Missy High got the extra credit. I like. Of course, it. that's what put it over. Would you recommend people or listeners watch this show from top to bottom, or just pick select matches? Uh, I'd pick select matches. Okay, so but if you, I mean, if you want to watch, you know, and have form your own opinion, of course, watch the whole thing because the whole thing yeah. was fine. You yeah, know, I, it, didn't, I didn't like dread different parts of it, like, oh, I can't get through this. Well, you did text me saying like, "There's, I'm in, I'm in the sludge right now." After that, <laughs> I after, was after that banger opener. You're probably like, "Oh God, oh my God!" I can't imagine like. I mean, I understand why they did it, but I remember like curtain matches were just like kind of just to get the crowd warmed up. It wasn't just sure. A, you know, bring them all the way up so they gotta, you know, reach that level of excitement later. Like this, well, is the, I thought that was the best match of the night. Well, of, of course it was. Pillman and Liger was like I said. People didn't know what they were watching. They probably didn't appreciate it back then either. I can't think of something even comparable on this level in major U.S. promotions at the time compared right. to these two. You know, it was going on in Japan, maybe in Mexico or whatever. But mm-hmm. for us fans, it was like bananas. 
especially coming out of WCW. Well, even WWF, there's no high flyers in WWF 92. Who's the high flyer? Um, Nobody. Snooka? Kid. Snooka bar? <laughs> One, two, three, kid. Was he out yet? Or is that 93? That was 93. Okay. Yeah, Wait. nobody. Yeah, nobody. Dino Bravo. <laughs> Dino Bravo. Jimmy, speaking of Jimmy Snooka, the Dark Side of the Ring episode of Him's On tonight. Got to watch that after oh, we're done recording. Yeah. So, this is a fun show. I, I recommend people go watch it. Definitely watch, definitely, definitely, definitely watch Pillman and Liger. Definitely watch. The Brain Busters versus the Steiners, even though they're mm-hmm. not the Brain Busters. Go watch those two matches for sure. And everything else is fine, but Missy Hyatt gives it an extra grade. So Where watch was, the Missy uh, Hyatt. I'm just scrolling. Oh, okay, here we are. That grudge match, I'd watch that one again. Okay. Just for the Steve Austin and the Dustin Rhodes stuff and yeah. the, the build-up to it with, <laughs> with Zabisco being called the Cruncher because he slammed what's-his-name's hand in the car door. This is going to be kind of off-topic, but... Well, kind of on topic, too. So, Missy Hyatt, did you, mm-hmm. like, when you were watching this as a kid in 92, you were in junior high-ish or whatever, yeah. did you have, like, a crush on her? Was she, like, oh, man, I, I want I, Missy Hyatt's hot type of thing? Yeah, she was she was the hottest back then. Okay. Who else was, like, a crush you had as a kid? Because I'm going to tell you mine, and she's still the gold standard today. But, like, who's, like, a crush besides Missy Hyatt? Like, you know, like, in movie wrestling star, or in, in... movie, musician, anything? Um... Let's say in this time period, I, I would when you say were a kid, like, from like 89 to like 92. I don't know what years it was, but I'm going to say sure. like Phoebe Cates. Who's that? Uh, that girl with the, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. And cool. Winnie Cooper. Okay, Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. Okay. Yeah, those that, are probably the two. Yeah. So mine is, be, it's still the gold standard, is Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue in Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. Like that opening scene where she's singing and then he kissed me in a room in her underwear. Oh, I didn't. Like, I don't remember that. Oh, doesn't get any. Better. I know. That, I know that's one of your favorite movies, though. Have you seen it in a long time? No. Watch it with your girlfriend this weekend or something. It's All really. Right. It still holds up, and like her kids will like it too. Fast Times um, at Ridgemont High is the name of the movie from Phoebe, with Phoebe Cates okay. in it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I know you're talking you know, about. She's about in now. her bikini, takes her top off, but they take the camera away before it comes off. Yeah, I know who you're talking about now, but. <laughs> But go watch Adventures in Babysitting. It, it holds up, and I think you're – my daughter watched it recently. Okay. There was a few parts I skipped over because, you know, there's some language and things like that. But other than that, it's it's still good. So Is go it watch on that a streaming one. or was it a DVD? I own it, um, but I'm sure it's online somewhere, and I can let you borrow the DVD. I, I definitely have it, and I can let you borrow. Okay. Uh, but when I go to pick up my uh, DVD, I'll let you borrow. Did you watch any of the DVDs I sent you? Um, so far, I just got through the Bellas. Wasn't it boring? I didn't put a whole lot of focus on it because I kind of minimized the window while I was doing other stuff, but it, yeah. it was all right. The Bella shoot interview. So I gave Eric yeah. a few of my high spot DVDs to have him to watch while he's at home, and that was a boring one. Uh, I just finished a Kevin Nash like in the ring shoot interview, which mm-hmm. is really good. So it's basically Kevin Nash is at like an indie wrestling school in like some garage, yeah. and he's watching their matches and critiquing them. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was watching some Hannibal. TV on YouTube. Uh-huh. I watched the Sid, uh, excuse me, the Sid Vicious, Sid Justice one, and then Jake the Snake was after that. Yeah. Jake the Snake's tough to listen to because he talks, he talks so quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, uh, Warrior, yeah. And I was ashamed that I didn't want to talk to the Warrior at WrestleMania. Like, like okay, take it easy, Jake. Yeah. He, make, he <laughs> makes some jokes that he thinks are funny, and it's really not, but... <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do when you're molesting and 
Oh, we're not going to. This is, know, this is the, po- this is the PPW drugs. podcast. This is a positively processing podcast. So a couple suggestions for everyone to watch this week. Super Bowl two, a couple matches, adventures and babysitting, fast times at Ridgemont High. Those are our, our recommendations. Yes. For Any other thing you want to chat about while we wrap up here? Uh, you good. It's getting kind of late. Yeah, I think I'm good. Is it past your bedtime? It's always past. I don't, there's no bedtime. I mean, oh, it okay. sucks because I was telling my wife, like, it seems like these weeks are flying by, but the days go slow. So, like, tomorrow's Wednesday already, and I feel like it feels like Sunday. Like, just it's just crazy. Yeah. And then I bought a bike recently, and I want to go riding, but it's been it's freaking snowed today, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, <laughs> yeah, last, last week more. was pretty good. I, I did some walking around town. I I don't know how how far you know where I live. I mean, yeah, you know yeah. where I live now. So I walked all the way up to the Jewel on like five like two and a half miles away then i walked all the way back i did that yeah. a couple times last just week. with your headphones in yeah just walk and listen to some podcasts and mm-hmm. i don't know the time goes by pretty quick yeah i've been walking a lot too and like i walk with a dog and like what's funny is like i'll go on these walks and i might and podcasts now are great for for walk especially yeah. when it's nice out because you're like you know what i want to keep listening i'm gonna keep going and i'm gonna mm-hmm. keep going and then, especially the ones that are like an hour and a half or two hours <laughs> yeah unlike ours but yeah they're, they're definitely good to listen to yeah it's uh, speaking of some podcasts to listen to, our friends at the Fully Posable Podcast, Jeff has been doing some special episodes as well, so make sure to follow him. He recently had one with a couple of our our friends as well. Barry from the Doing the or not Barry Eric from the Doing the Favor of Podcast was on as well. Uh, Rad Chad was on talking about some of his Mint on Card Hasbro collection, which I liked hearing a lot about. Follow Fully Posable for other shows, and they're still doing the regular weekly shows talking all things wrestling figure talk. Follow them. Uh, follow our friends at the Our Vantage Point podcast. They're cranking out shows all the time, and they're like two and a half, three hours sometimes, which I love. Follow our friends at the Our Vantage Point podcast for all your awesome retro wrestling podcast needs. Uh, our friends at the Ringside podcast. I got to talk to Dan Spencer, the host of that. He's got some news, and I'm trying to figure out what he's talking about. So I'm going to text him, figure out what's up. Follow the Ringside podcast. He's a ref for OVW, and he's been on Impact lately. Oh, so, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so check him out. Check out check out the ref, Daniel Spencer. And, uh, yeah, I've been are, watching a little more Impact more because I just like it because they did all their pre-tapes. So it's yeah, yeah. fun to watch wrestling with an audience. Yeah, but even still, the audience is like one row of people, so it's not much <laughs> different than the AEW. <laughs> that's all right. They got their little audience at Samstown in Vegas. That's yeah, true. They do. They do. So anyway, follow the Ringside Podcast as well. We always forget podcasts and people to follow. So if I forgot about you, I apologize. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely follow the Raw's Nitro Podcast. He was a guest on our show a couple weeks ago, Lee from the Raw's Nitro Podcast. We talked No Holds Bar. So make sure to follow him as well. I think that's it for shout outs and all the other fun stuff. If I forgot about you, I'm sorry. I always forget people and I always feel bad. Maybe I should just get rid of the shout out section. Nah, keep doing it. Yeah, it's fun to grow this little wrestling Twitter community, which you've started to jump into as well. And it's fun to see you on Twitter every once in a while. But everyone's keeping busy. Everyone's hanging out. And we're going to keep cranking out shows for you guys. And it's been fun to do this. And it's been fun to have Eric back officially. And then maybe next week we will come up with another fun topic. Anything you guys want to hear about, whether it's maybe it's an old wrestling movie or if it's a documentary or a time period or a specific Raw or Nitro show, let us know. We're open to suggestions. We're also always reserved the right to reject your suggestions. So (laughs) keep sending those in to us. I still got a list of stuff. We got a couple of things in the queue I still want to do, which I'm going to wait um, until I have some merch associated with it to set up with as well. So keep uh, following us on Twitter, guys, at PPW Podcast. I really appreciate the increase in... uh, downloads and listens and shares 
and Twitter interactions, all that stuff lately. It's been it's been awesome to talk to everybody, and let's keep that going and keep supporting everybody and keep listening to everybody's shows because putting out content is fun, but it's time consuming. It requires some work, requires some dedication. Right now, it's almost eleven o'clock at night because this is the only time Eric and I can do it because we both have lives and families, and it's just tough to do stuff sometimes. So. Support everybody, right? Support everybody. All right. You got anything else, Eric? No, that's it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We will see you in the video.